Sean, and this is Sess with Cass. God, I'm like professionally sorry for that. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Sass with Cass. I'm your host, Cassandra Grodd, and I'm the best-selling author of both Bully and Darling. It is my intention behind creating this podcast to share with you my passion around helping others feel like their most confident selves. Even if this podcast is just able to give you a smile or something to lighten up your day, I really hope that I can share my love for healing, beauty, sex, life, and everything in between. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to the Self Love Club. All right, guys, welcome back to Sass with Cass. Today is such an exciting day for me uh, as I get to sit down with none other than Atara Valentine. Atara is a creative mastermind, an intellectual powerhouse. Not only is he a singer, songwriter, musician, he is also a manifestation coach at To Be Magnetic. And if you're new here, you probably haven't heard me rave about To Be Magnetic, but if you're not new here, you know that it has personally changed my life. Um, I've been doing it for, doing their work for over a year now. And Atara is an expert when it comes to the M word manifestation, which is why he's joined me here today. I've also had the pleasure of being in a coaching session with him. So welcome real life unicorn <laughs> and badass manifester. Thank you for coming on my show. <laughs> Thank you. What an introduction, first off. And second, <laughs> I'm so happy that we get to do this together because even just our session was just so much fun. It wasn't even like a session. Oh, I, I literally had the best time with you and I got off the phone and I was just glowing. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so, Atara, break it down for us a little bit. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you about? Yeah, so I am Atara. I live in Los Angeles. I've only been here for a year. I was in New York for kind of 17 years um, because I grew up in New Jersey and I lived in California a little earlier in my life and I hated it. So I knew like New York was my place and I thought I was going to stay there forever. And in that time mm. I was trying and I was, I would say mildly successful. Like I signed with a major label, I signed with a major publisher, but kind of nothing was ever sticking in my life. I could make things happen, right? Um, but then I couldn't sustain anything. And I kind of got into an abusive relationship with New York where nothing was sticking, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I felt the pressure to stay because everyone tells you like, you have to make it in New York. And if you can make it here, you know, just like the most generic thing, like bumper sticker phrases that you've heard, but they actually penetrate totally. into your mind. And then you feel like a failure if you get off course. So I was in this relationship with the city and it just completely drained all of my self-worth, all of the belief in myself. And I really lost sight of why I even wanted to be an artist, right? It just became about proving mm. a point. And I completely disconnected from what brought me to that place in the first place, which was to share my story mm. and to share myself and to help other people through that process. So, um, 
Yeah, so I just had a major rock bottom a couple of years ago. I mean, like bad, like probably one of the worst ones I've had in my life. And all the typical things, you know, I had a total downward spiral, nervous breakdown on the ground for six months, crying, just suicidal thoughts, like everything that tends to happen when we feel like our life is about to end. And Mm. I just got to the point and I was like, what am I doing And I came to California because I had such a huge block around even once I left California, I never came back. And my partner was traveling, was traveling here, like sometimes like he'd be here like six months out of the year on and off. And he'd be like, do you want to come? I'm like, no, 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 I hate it there. I hate it there. Right. But eventually Mm. I went because I saw I had such a resistance and there was such a block and I came and we were staying with a friend and her and my partner had become very close. And so when I came, I wasn't integrated into the relationship. Right. So it was really uncomfortable because they, they became like family. And then obviously, you know, we were married, so we were really close, but her and I just really weren't connecting. And Mm. there was a lot of tension between us. And we had this huge argument that was really triggering for me And I felt really stuck and really trapped because I didn't have a car. We were like staying with her and there was nowhere for me to go. And it Mm. brought up all this childhood stuff and all of these feelings that I had from childhood stuff that I experienced with like abuse in my household and with my stepdad and all of these things that I thought that I dealt with um, Mm. just kind of surfaced. And I was like, what is this? Right? Like, Like, how am I dealing with this, right? Right now, like, I'm an adult. And the next day, we we made up that night. And the next day, she was doing a meditation. And I had never had the patience to sit and meditate. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. Like, I'm going to go out of my comfort zone. And she did a guided meditation. And then it was amazing. And then she's like, oh, I'm doing this other thing. Do you want to try it? And at that time, it, it was called Free Native. But now it's to be magnetic. And... She put on the magnetic self DI and it was, um, for people don't know, it's a, it's a deep imagining it's Lacey's form of hypnosis and it's guided and it helps you get into your theta brain waves and access your limbic brain where all of your memories are stored. So you can kind of go in there and rewire and rework things so you can stop coming Mm. from a place of lack. So you're essentially reprogramming all of the things that are still holding you back in your life currently. And I, I didn't know it was about manifestation. I didn't know anything. But what I did know is that when I did this, all of this emotion just started pouring out of me. And all of these things that I didn't receive in my life, I was able to give myself in this. And it completely made me look at myself and my whole childhood completely differently. And I just felt so empowered. And like, there was this huge release. And yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what brought me here. Wow. Yeah, I mean... When you're in those deep imaginings, which like guys, if you're listening, we're, we're going to get into the lingo of this a little bit more, but it is so emotional. And when you, when I remember going into some of my first deep imaginings and just like lying on my bed, sobbing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And having to fully just, even at moments tap out of them, it is just the most incredible tool. So, I mean, flowing on from that, everyone 
who I asked, I asked for listener questions every episode and every, well, a huge amount of these questions were about, can you ask Katara, how do I manifest, um, rah, rah, rah. And I've really noticed, especially on TikTok, I don't know if you TikTok Katara, but there is this trend of people manifesting like through scripting kids who will literally say write the same sentence out 16 times in a row you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and these really old rhetoric ways of manifesting how do you find your process works best for you how did you like almost what is to be magnetic and how does it fit into this how do I manifest question yeah so I think that The thing that is really special about To Be Magnetic in particular is it's very grounded, right? Mm. It's not woo-woo. It's not anything that you expect when you hear about manifestation. It's not, you know, the secret. And it's not law of attraction in the sense like, speak like this and never get angry. And if you're positive all the time, your whole life is going (laughs) to unfold. Like, right. It's actually, it's really practical and pragmatic, which is why it was so important for me and has been so effective for me because I'm the kind of person who looks to poke holes in anything that is in front of me. (laughs) It's just in Mm. my nature. And what I really like about Mm. this is, you know, Lacey, really is against spiritual bypass and like literally all of the rhetoric that we've been told that we have to be and how we have to show up in our life in order to succeed. And through this Mm. work that she's laid out, it's you really get to use your negativity and you get to use all of your limiting beliefs kind of as your roadmap to figure out where you need to work on yourself and how it's holding Mm. you back versus pretending it doesn't exist. Right. Because we actually manifest from our subconscious. We don't manifest from just thinking a positive thought, right? Like thinking a positive thought is great because it makes you feel good, but it's not really doing anything more than that. If that's all that you're doing. Right. So, yeah. So basically through our process, what's happening is we have a series of workshops. You start, you learn how to manifest and it's, it's laid out step-by-step, very clear. And in that process, you make your manifestation list. Uh, And then from there you start unblocking because that's where the real magic is in this work. So you go through um, Mm. shadow, which is basically where all of your denied aspects of self live. It's, it's like almost the opposite of your persona, right? Like our persona is Mm. the thing that we created uh, through our ego to protect us and to protect the things that we don't want people to see in us. Right. But when someone Mm. triggers you, right, that's actually tapping into your shadow. Right. Which is why we don't like it because it's so uncomfortable and most of us will do anything to avoid it. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So basically we go in and we deal with all of your rejected aspects of self and you, we teach you how to integrate those so that you could be a, a whole person because as human beings, we have the whole spectrum of human emotion. And one mm. of the parts of manifesting is understanding that you are a whole person and accepting all parts of yourself. And that is actual, actually the real law of attraction, right? And then mm. from there, we go uh, through your whole childhood and you go and you rewire and reprogram whatever is not serving you, what limited beliefs are still looping, because we have the potential through neuroplasticity work to go in and actually overwrite memories and rewire our brain with the new information that we're giving it when we're in a hypnotic state. Completely. It's, 
And like when you say reprogram, give everyone a super, just like a brief definition on what you mean by reprogram. Okay. So uh, in like the, in the deep imagining, right, which is essentially a visualization that you do under hypnosis. So Mm -hmm. if you are triggered by something, um, recent, right, your friend said something to you that really struck a chord, or struck a nerve with you, right? Then you would go in and you would do some some journaling around it and we give you journal prompts. And then you go through the, into the deep imagining. And in that process, that's where you go in and you connect the situation that just happened with an older memory from when you were younger, Mm. where this may have originated from. And in that situation, you go and you give yourself what you needed. So if you had a parent who, let's say, you know, your friend talked over you and made you feel really small. And then you realize, actually, when I was a child, my parents always dismissed what I had to say, or they spoke over me, you can go back into those situations and allow yourself to speak up for yourself, or allow your parent to give you the space that you needed to express yourself fully. And through repetition of doing this, you actually are, are strengthening those new neural pathways, right? So that Right. Ultimately, over time, that's the place that you're going to be firing out of, not the place of lack. And that one will become weaker. Completely. You you're almost rewriting your story in a sense. And I am I right to say that from what I've gathered, the brain just like almost can't distinguish between your memory from the past and in terms of how it happened and how you're reprogramming and rethinking it, right? It, it literally holds the same weight kind of thing. Yeah. It just takes repetition. Obviously the older we are, the more energy we have to put into it. Right. And outside Mm. of the work, it's, it's also, and this is where the think positive and things like that do help for like maintenance, but it has to be based in reality to some form. Right. So if you're just doing the reprogramming work and then you come out and you're like, I'm a loser. I hate myself. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Right. Then you're kind of undoing everything because you're not really helping yourself out or your self-worth. So doing this work allows you to satiate something that wasn't fulfilled when you're a child. And then in turn, you start feeling more whole where you are now and you become more aware Mm. of the way you speak to yourself, of the places where you might be um, self-sabotaging, right? It just kind of wakes you Mm. up so you can start also creating a lifestyle change. Like I always say this isn't a spiritual diet, like a spiritual fad diet. It's a lifestyle change. Completely. No, I absolutely love that. And there's already so many juicy bits that are just helping everyone. It's it's kind of like that thing that with affirmations, I used to write out affirmations every day. Like I am beautiful. I am pretty. I, I am successful. And it, it's honestly not going to do anything if you don't believe it at your core. And that's kind of, we'll start to talk about this more a little bit, but it, it is growing your self-worth to believe that you are worthy of the things that you want to call in, right? Because if you don't believe you're worthy of your manifestation list, why, why would it come to you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're subconsciously pushing it away. Um, Tell me, how has your life changed since you started this process of manifestation, Atara? Um, What's really interesting is when I first started doing this work, I couldn't manifest anything, (laughs) right? Even 
even when, like, that wasn't even a word that was in my vocabulary, right? Because Mm. for me, the only way I could ever make things happen in my life, and this is such a common thing with so many people, is I would have Mm. to be rock bottomed, right? And when we're rock bottomed, it's essentially the, when we've, missed every single cue. We failed every single test that has come in front of us. We haven't taken advantage of any opportunity that's come forward. And then the universe is like, you know what? You're not really getting the point. So I'm just going to completely pull the rug from underneath (laughs) you. Right. And and we've all been there. Right. So maybe some of us are there right now, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) so that was the only way I could ever change. Right. I would keep the same toxic people around me because I felt needed and they needed my advice or I would let people in my family walk all over me and shrink myself because at least like they were paying attention to me. Right. And it took Mm. things getting so bad and literally just being taken away from me in order for me to be like, Whoa, that was crazy. And then have some perspective. Mm. Um, and then from there I'd be like, wow, I really didn't like how I felt there. I'm never going to do that again. But then of course, because it was just my programming and it's the way that I was raised and just who I became as a person, I would repeat the same behavior over and over again, but I'd get different situations, Mm. different people, but it was always the same theme. Um, this works completely stop that in its tracks. I had so many, like, just cause I grew up in New Jersey. We all bond right. like by complaining about how shit everything is, you know? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what I was used to. Like, that's a conversation. Oh, what's wrong in your life? This, what's wrong with mine? Who can we complain about? Who can we talk about? Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. Right. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I never really had the tools to like look internally in a way that was helpful. Right. And, Mm. and don't get me wrong. Like I've studied, I was raised Catholic. I studied Buddhism. I studied Kabbalah for 17 years, but there was always a doubt in my mind. And I would always find something in the way that things, um, were put together that would make me discredit what I was doing. And then in turn, it wouldn't work. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, Totally. So when I learned about this and I started doing it and just weird things started happening like that, nobody could explain. And I, at first was like, everybody needs to do this. And of course that turns people off immediately when you try to tell people what, what they should be doing with themselves. Right. <laughs> me, so, yes. <laughs> so then I was just like, you know what? Like I don't need the validation of anybody seeing what I'm doing or noticing my growth. Like I'm going to just, completely commit myself to this. And I, oh, I love yeah, that. and I did the work every single day I did. I started, um, obviously with the magnetic self before I even made my list, I did the daily reprogramming exercise, which at that point was only one. Um, we only had one DI for that. Now I think there's like seven. Um, but I did that mm. every day for 90 days just to see kind of what themes were showing up around me. I looked at every single thing that came in front of me as an opportunity, whether it was someone who was being nasty to me, whether it was someone who was trying to like make me shrink, whether, right. Mm. Whether it was someone who was inspiring me, I looked at every single thing as an opportunity for my growth. And I took whatever Mm. triggered me or whatever made me feel, um, any kind of like exaggerated or like intense emotion, good or bad. Mm. And I took that through the daily reprogramming and I just started noticing all of these themes that were coming up. And then I noticed 
So many of my friendships, my closest friends were mimicking my relationship with my mother, right? And like so many of my habits and places that I felt small were literally a direct representation of like how my dad is. And like, I was like, this is so Mm. crazy, right? And Mm. yeah. And then from there, I just started, obviously did the shadow workshop, inner child. I've done every workshop that we've had like nine times at this point. And (laughs) I love it. You're a pro. Yeah. And I'll never stop doing it because now... I, you know, things came in slowly, um, like literally like the cup of coffee, like the free drink, the free smoothie, like things come in very micro at first, but those things you really have to honor and pay attention to because that's showing you that something is happening. Right. And it might not be your larger manifestation, but it takes all of these smaller things to happen for you to start noticing the pattern and for your trust muscle to start building. Um, so yeah, through that process, I went from being able to manifest nothing to manifesting three of my lists. Um, now I don't even make lists. I literally talk about things and then they happen like, you know, 48 hours later, sometimes, sometimes it takes a couple months, but, um, but yeah, like I I can call in some pretty impressive things very easily now. (laughs) And it sounds crazy, but when you do it, you realize like, this is exactly how it works. Completely. Um, I think for myself, like with COVID, it was such a blessing because it just gave me space to move this practice from being a sometimes thing to being an everyday thing. And I mean, at one point it was even twice a day. I Do you agree? Like when you redo shadow or you redo in a child, I swear it's like a different workshop every time, you know, like I could never get sick of it because new things come up every time. One, no, literally 100%. And that's one of the things that's really interesting that people don't realize. And even when, um, you know, I have a client and they'll be like, oh, I just, I don't want to do that again. I already did it. And I was like, yeah, but we're a different person every day. Mm. Every day there's something external that affects us or shows up. We're in a different frame of mind, depending on how much we slept or how well we ate the night before. Did we drink? Right. Did we, right. Our, Mm. like our internal state constantly shifts. So it's like saying, I'm not going to live today because I lived yesterday. Right. Like we have a hundred percent, we have the potential to constantly look at our lives from a different perspective. Most of us just choose not to. We we settle for what we have because we don't want to work or we don't want to look at the past, right? We don't think things are possible mm. because we feel defeated. But the workshops are really such a gift because you can go in there from any perspective you want. You need to go back and you're having issues with your, your siblings. Now you can go back and use all the inner child work with your relationship with your siblings or a parent, or you can reparent yourself, right? If you're feeling disempowered and you didn't get what you needed, like there's just so many different ways that you could spin this and so many different ways that you can heal yourself. 100%. I love that. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your definition of a block because a block essentially is, in some in some level stopping your manifestation from coming through but for the people who are new to this or it's their first time hearing about this you've touched on it really beautifully with that like past patterning behavior that you've been mentioning how do you define blocks how would people go about learning to spot their blocks and if you wouldn't mind sharing like a little story about one of your blocks and how you expanded from it yeah. So first off, a block, what I would say is this, this is, and this is what I say to a lot of 
a lot of people that I work with because they come in mm. and some of them are, I mean, like yourself, right? You are so mm. well-spoken. You, you're very confident. You know what you want. You know what you're looking for, right? Thank and, you. But, and I'm the same way, right? So I'm going to call us both Yeah, out, you are, you right? are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> there's a difference between intellectually knowing who you are, what you want, what you deserve, and emotionally believing that that's possible right in your subconscious oh god so just shine a shine a torchlight on me (laughs) right (laughs) right so and that's where our deservingness lies right so Mm -hmm. that's the difference between knowing and having deservingness right because Mm. and that's why people who are narcissists for example they don't have very many blocks like look at our president (laughs) right donald trump who thinks he's doing such an amazing job even though you know two hundred thousand plus people died even though they lied to the american people he spins it and he believes it so much that his base does not doubt it right he like he thinks he's doing a great job he thinks he has what did he say today has some kind of like now glow some kind of protective glow around him that makes him immune from covid like Yes, Kay. Right? So I want that. <laughs> yes, so, right? So, and that's really, and that's why he is where he is, right? Because it's that intellectual totally. belief and this deservingness. Obviously, he's not the kind of human being you want to model yourself after. But no, no. But that's someone who doesn't understand why they should be blocked, right? Versus someone like me who. I always knew I was talented. I always knew I had a good voice. I always knew I had a gift. I always knew I had like a clear cognizance and I just knew stuff. And people would come to me, even when I was a child, and they would be like, Atara, like, this is what's happening. Like, even like my mom, right? And I'm seven years old, mm. right? Or like someone older in my mm. family would come to me for advice and I'd be a little kid. And sometimes they'd like what I had to say. And sometimes I would say what I thought and they'd be like, you don't know anything. You think you're a know-it-all. You think you know everything, but right. And so for me, mm. what that did was it completely severed my relationship to my intuition. So now I stopped listening to that voice because it got me in trouble. Right. And yeah. I started listening to the voice in my head, which was the voice that was telling me, Oh, or, or was noticing if I do this, I'm love. If I do this, I'm love. Oh, I can't do that. People don't like me if I do this, right? And that's how we start losing parts of ourselves. And that's how we kind of block ourselves or we get blocked from the way that we're raised, right? Another, right. another example would be like my dad was a musician, but mm-hmm. his career didn't go where he expected it to be. He ended up um, like going into drywall and all of his friends also like who were musicians with him weren't successful. There was like very limited beliefs around it to the point that when I grew up, like literally his, when I said I was going to be a musician, when I grew up, one of his friends was like, laughed at me and was like, you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than getting a record deal. And then he's like, actually (gasps) you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning and then winning the lottery than getting a record deal, <gasps> right? So for me, oh. and then watching the like the kind of like shame that my dad had around not being able to do music, it was it took yeah, me a really long time to like get out of my own way because that stuff was popping into my head. So turns out, like I did get a record deal. I signed with Atlantic Records, right? Um, like w- years yes. years ago, and but 
the whole thing dissolved because I didn't believe I deserved it. And that's what your almost manifestations are also, right? Because I was in it Mm. and it's not even that I felt lucky. I felt shocked and I felt, why am I here? And like, why do Mm. they care? And I wasn't able to believe it. Right. And then in turn, Mm. like it didn't work out. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, that's, that's an incredible story. I, I remember when I first started doing this work, I I would date these guys who were super, super successful, like 10 million followers, big musicians, big athletes. And I was kind of like, oh God, is this this ego thing of like me being addicted to fame or something like that? And then the more I looked at it, the more I realized that my dad, like your dad, was a musician. He was a really incredibly successful musician. But I grew up watching dad be on tour and music came first. So of course I dated guys who put something or career in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that felt natural and that felt really safe um, for me to just always come in second place to their job. So it's it's a real finding blocks, I feel, is the absolute key. How do you How have you expanded yourself or how should people look to expand their process and see that what they want to create for themselves is possible? First and foremost, just by taking accountability, right? And not Mm. pointing the finger at everybody else, right? And Mm. I think, and that's a, I know that's a hard thing because even obviously I had so much trauma in my childhood, but I'm not in that place anymore. So if I keep myself emotionally in that place, that's my fault, right? Totally. So does that make sense? Like I know that I know that sounds really harsh, right? But I'm an adult now, right? No, it's important. And, it's, that is really important. Yeah, and like that's and that's part of the problem with people that I work with and some people who've experienced huge trauma, right? It's always a part of our story. But how do we redefine it so that it's no longer a block for us and it's no longer holding us back? And the only way to do that is for us to really look at whatever the situation is, whatever things are still coming around us that are mimicking that situation, right? Because that's that's the, the space that we feel safe in to some degree because it's familiar, right? And yeah. figure yeah. out what is it in us now that is still holding on to that narrative? So one thing I always like to do for myself and I always recommend for people, especially when they've dealt with things that have really shut them down as people and stopped them from expressing themselves is to be able to start looking at the situation, whatever that situation was and really clear out how you're feeling about it. Because so many of us carry so, uh, so many residual feelings and emotions around Mm. what happened to us that we don't share with people because we feel like it's an inconvenience, right? We feel like nobody wants to listen to us, but what happens is we keep cycling them over and over and over in our head, right? And they Mm. end up just continuously holding us back. So I always tell people to really try, obviously within reason, if you have major trauma, it's better to do this with a therapist, right? But um, just to really sit and write whatever you have to let out of that situation. If you still have anger, express that anger and really let it out and don't judge it. Right. If you, if you have sadness around it, completely let that out. Right. Like look at the person who caused you harm, write them a letter, 
right? Write them yourself saying, this is what you've done to me. This is, I'm an adult now and I'm still dealing with A, B, and C because of your influence, right? This has hurt me. This has held me back like this. This is because we have to give people um, the energy back that is theirs that we are holding on to in order to move forward. And it's a great way to release that. And then I always like at the second part of the letter to find the gift in that, right? What is the gift Mm. that you got from this? Listen, I had a horrific childhood, right? I had, my Mm. mom is amazing. She's my best friend in so many ways. My grandparents were incredible, you know, but my relationship with my stepdad in particular, with people in school, with my friends was just very toxic. And, Mm. um, but I can still look at everything that happened and be like, but through that, I became a complete individual. I'm resilient. I'm tenacious. I'm empathetic. I'm a good friend to other people. I'm patient with people. I can hold space for people. I can hold space for myself. Right. So these are all of the good things Mm -hmm. that came out of that situation. And then I tell the, to tell the people to burn the letter at the end, because it's a great way to just let it out and then see it. And then when they're looking at the letter, just remind yourself, like, this was my past. This is not who I am anymore. And I'm writing a new story going forward. And it's just something even so simple like that is so empowering. I absolutely love that, that so many people are going to find so much value in that. I would be really interested to ask you, so the first book I wrote was, it's called Bully. It was about the fact I had bulimia for 10 years. And as such, a lot of, I know, I, know, I mean, I know you've had your own moments with eating disorders as well. Yeah. A lot of people who follow me are going through that, are struggling with it and actually formed a decent chunk of the questions. Do you believe you can manifest healing and how does manifestation work in the process of growing your self-love? I do. Um, So just for example, like someone like Joe Dispenza, this is literally Mm. his whole wheelhouse and he's healing people and they, yeah, what a man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like they, and it's not everything that we thought was this woo woo spirituality wellness thing we're being told and we're being shown now that it's not woo-woo. This is being backed up by science, right? This manifestation work, we have a neuroscientist on board. She goes through, she looked through everything, our whole process explains within the workshops what is happening and why it's important. That's science-based. Joe Dispenza, all of his testings around just literally self-worth, healing your body, healing yourself. They're having such huge breakthroughs with people who are curing cancer, people who couldn't see, who are seeing again for moments, right? Like we, Mm. we are, we have not tapped into our full potential as human beings. And I think something is happening in the world now where so many people are integrating wellness into their lifestyle, even where I grew up, like so many people are meditating that I never thought would sit and do that before. Right. Because it actually works, right. This isn't, Mm. this isn't hocus pocus anymore. Um, so part of the process with manifestation is really healing your relationship with yourself because once you're authentic and you're a whole person, that's where your magnetism really comes from. And then manifestation just kind of happens as an afterthought, right? So Mm. if you can commit to the self work and make that your focus when you first begin this work and you're, and you can be less focused on just the things that you're calling in, because again, like we all want stuff, but if that's right where our mind goes to, for example, when people sign up to the work, they won't do 
how to manifest or they'll do how to manifest. They'll write a partnership list because that's what they want. They don't really do inner child. They don't do shadow. They go right to unblocked love. And then they're like, okay, where's my partner? And it's like, (laughs) you don't like, you didn't do any of the groundwork. You don't actually believe anything is different than you did a week ago before you did this. Right. So it's about really giving ourselves the space to figure out who we are why we are the way we are, how we got here, and what we need to go back and tweak in order for us to feel more satisfied in our lives now. And then once we are in that space and we feel whole and we feel connected, then all of the other things come. And if we do start manifesting things, and I'm sure you can confirm this, and we're not completely Mm. in the space that we need to be in to really align with the bigger things that we're calling in, we get so tested around those things where the almost version comes, the almost partner who's everything on your list, but he's a total gaslighter, oh, yeah. you know, total gaslighter, oh, doesn't yeah. respect you, just wants to date you because you're pretty and doesn't care about what you have to say, right? Or then we, or we don't, you know, we do pass the test and then the guy comes in and he's everything but two things on your list, but those two things are major deal breakers, right? So... Totally. If you actually spend a little more time getting to know yourself and healing your relationship with yourself, your tests are very different because when your tests show up, it's more about boundaries. If you're going to let someone make you, um, or if you're going to shrink yourself because of someone who's around you, and if you're going to stay in your Mm. worth and keep that space and know whoever, whoever or whatever comes in front of you needs to align with you, you don't have to do anything to align with them. Completely. I mean, I remember at one point the work for me just actually became healing. I just became obsessed with healing and looking at these things that I'd never felt like I had permission to look at before. And I almost forgot that it was about manifestation. I would log mm-hmm. into To Be Magnetic and just be like, here's my healing, here's my therapy, here's my happiness. I love this, these people who are keeping me sane and making my life better. And then when I was in that space, that was actually when things started to pop up. This opportunity for this podcast popped up. The numbers on it grow every episode, like social media deals, like all these things started flowing without me even feeling like I was chasing them, um, which is so, so beautiful. And it's it's one of the, my favorite parts of the work. But I mean, okay, everyone wanted to ask you this, which I thought was really, really cute. Um, they, so many people were like, how did he become a coach at To Be Magnetic? Can he tell us his story of becoming a manifestation coach and what they can expect from a session? Yeah. So do you know what's, this is so funny because I've never actually talked about this anywhere. Um, and oh wow, yeah. And people always, uh, cause if we, if I do a takeover or something on their channel, people ask that a lot, but I, I, whenever I am on To Be Magnetic's channel, I, um, I want to share things that are going to be helpful to other people. And I try not to make mm. it about things that are happening for me because we do get like such limited Aww. bandwidth, right? So I'm happy that I have the space to do this here because, um, yeah, everyone wants to know. Yeah, Cause everyone <laughs> wants to know. So yeah. So it's, what's really funny. And honestly, like Cassie, you can't like write this stuff. Like <laughs> mm. literally mm. this is what happened. So I'm going to just rewind a little bit because the whole thing is crazy. And this is really why this work like just really works. Just this story, (laughs) just this story alone. Right. So 
even the way I was introduced to the work, right? Friend of my partner, we have a fight. It brings up this childhood stuff. The next day she plays this thing to me, right? I do this thing. I do it for three months. All of a sudden my life starts feeling like a lot different. Okay. I completely Mm. immersed myself into the work. Um, Then I, Lacey was doing a speaking tour. And at that time, um, you know, we just moved. We spent like, it cost us literally like $16,000 to move to Los Angeles from New York. We had, you know, credit card stuff. My, my partner was diagnosed with cancer. So we had medical bills. We just had all of like all of this crazy stuff happening. Right. And Mm. I really wanted to go to the speaking tour, but I was like, you know what? Like I can't afford to do that right now. So, you know, I have to spend the money like somewhere more responsible. And so then I was on Runyon and hiking Runyon's like a, a like a popular hike here in Los Angeles and yeah. um I got a text which is also strange because you don't have reception on Runyon normally and it was a friend of a friend that I'd only met once and she was like hey um I'm going to Lacey's speaking tour. I bought a ticket for a friend. She kind of freaked out last minute and she canceled and it's today. Do you want to go? Like, you don't have to pay for it. So wow. I was like, oh my God, when is it? Right? Because I'm like, I'm literally on the top of like <laughs> a hill right now, <laughs> like covered in sweat. <laughs> so, Runyon's really big too, guys. Runyon's like a big hike. Yeah. He would have been... <laughs> Yeah, like it, it definitely was not like the look you want to like walk into like a speaking tour and I would have been disgusting, right? So so she's like, oh, it's at like four o'clock or something. I don't remember the time, but it was a few hours away. So I was like, yes. So I went home, I got dressed, took a shower, all that stuff. And I showed up and I got right in, I was in the front row seat, right <gasps> in the front of the speaking tour. And it was so crazy really? because when you know, everybody came down and Lacey was coming down the stairs to do her thing. And she turned and she was like, Oh my God, you're here. And I kind of like looked like, like, you know, when you look, look around, like, are you talking to me kind of thing? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it was such a, it was (laughs) such a weird moment for me. Right. Because it's almost like I'd listen to her voice like sometimes multiple times a day for like, you know, at that point, like over a year, year and a half. And, um, so it was just this weird situation. So that happened. I left feeling really good. Heather, um, who's one of the other coaches was called up to the stage for that, um, uh, at that speaking tour, told her story was so just inspiring. It was so amazing. Mm. Like, she was just on fire and it was so inspiring for me to watch. And I think they mentioned at that time that like, Oh, well, we're going to do a podcast. We'd love to have you on the podcast. And they said that to Heather and I got in my car and I was like, I'm going to do the podcast too. Right. Wow. And I drove home and, um, yeah. And then I I just kind of nothing, nothing moved. Right. But, Then I randomly got a DM on Instagram from Jessica, who who does the podcast. And she was like, I just got a ping for you to do the podcast. Are you interested? And I was like, yes. So um, basically, we were about to record the podcast. COVID hit. I was like, is this important? 
right? It, mm. it, compared to what's happening, which is like always, and that, and that was like a major test for me actually, because normally it'd be like, oh, this isn't important. My story's not important. Like all this other stuff is happening. Like who cares about like my life and what's going on? And I almost canceled. And then Jessica was like, I actually think this is really important. I was like, well, just give me like 24 hours to think about it. And then I was like, yeah. you know what? Let's do it. You're right. Whatever we went through. And literally after that podcast, I think like 1400 people followed me from to be magnetic. Um, like, I mean, it was just like rolling in and then all of these messages started coming through. Like, I feel like you were speaking my story and thank you for this. And thank you for listening like to this and thank you for doing this and for saying this. And it was just so crazy. And I'd never experienced anything like that. So that happened. Then again, um, things were progressing, progressing within the band, the the band, jeez, uh, the brand. The band, we're in the band. <laughs> I'm like, I'm living somewhere between manifestation and music. Um, you are, you are. Yeah, and um, I saw that they launched coaching and I went to go DM them because like I always, after that, because I had all of these followers now, right, who are asking what my process was and how I do this and how I manifest that, right? Um, so I was making little videos anyway, and I was for free mm. just on my Instagram, like sending people voice notes who are having blocks or problems with the work, just trying Aww. to help them because I completely understand how, when we do something like this, how easily we could turn it into something else that we use to make ourselves feel bad. And I didn't want anybody to fall into that. So, um, so in a weird way, I was kind of already doing it. And then I saw they launched it and I went to go write a message to Jessica saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to, or to, you know, through the TBM account, like I'd love to be considered for this, you know, if this is something you expand Mm. on. And then I went to go send it and I stopped and I was like, (gasps) no, this is complete, like low self-worth doggy paddling. They know who I am, right? They know how to get in touch with me. Like I'm not sending this. So I deleted that. Wow. And literally 48 hours later, I posted a video and, um, Jessica, I, I, I believe it was Jessica was like, wow, like, this is so great. You really understand this work, this and this. And I was like, ha ha ha, like first male coach. And then the next day, um, they sent an offer to me and, oh my god, yeah. And that's how it happened. So yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Pretty crazy. You literally manifested it in. That is so crazy. So I'm curious to know, what do you think is the biggest mistake you see people making as a manifestation coach? Um, I mean, just a lot. Like, we're human beings. We make so many mistakes <laughs> constantly, right? Like, we... Yeah. We, we more than any other species have like the biggest gift of making everything so much more complicated than it needs to be. Right. So mm. I would say the biggest mistake that you can make in this work is continuing to listen to the voice in your head because that voice in your head is not your friend. It's never given wow. you a good idea. <laughs> And if mm-hmm. you, and I promise you that this is true, you've never received a good mm-hmm. idea from it, right? It's always taking away from you, making you feel bad about yourself, making you judge other people, right? Like that voice is not what you want to listen to. And that voice is what triggers the desperation in us, 
right? So, Mm. so many times when people do this work, they feel really good. They're in this flow and then they get tested. And what happens? That's the, that's the moment that we really need to resist and trust and lean into the work and what, and not believe what that voice is telling us because so many people do it. And then they fall back into that same looping of negative thoughts then they fall back in the same behaviors as a reaction to that. And then all of a sudden they're right back where they started. Um, so that's one thing that I would say is yeah. really be aware of your desperation, really be aware mm. of the things that are coming forward, the things that are triggering you because they're not coming forward to punish you. They're coming forward to show you what you still need to work on to be in alignment. And I know like mm. trigger is like such like a buzzy word right now for so many people. Um, like, yeah. like, I don't want to watch that. It's triggering. I don't want to do this. It's triggering. <laughs> I can't go to that side of town. That's where my ex lives and it's triggering, you know? <laughs> Man. Yeah. <laughs> and the reality is, and I always like to say your trigger is like your your pin on your emotional GPS, right? It's showing you exactly mm. where your lack is and exactly where you need to do work. And that's a gift. And you can use it in two ways. You can not look at yourself and blame everybody around you, which is completely disempowering and you can't do anything about, right? Or yeah, you can totally. look at it and be like, what can I learn from this? Because there's no reason any of us should be that influenced by anything that happens around us. The person making a snarky comment, right? Our parents still dismissing us, even though we're like 30 years old, right? Like, so if that's happening, there's something in you that you need to look at and you need to work on because these situations keep coming in front of you until that's resolved. Yeah. That's what your trigger is showing you. Right. Totally. And just coming back to what you were saying as well about taking accountability for your own life and harnessing that, putting the power of how you handle situations, how you respond into your own hands. It just makes you feel so much more empowered and less helpless. So I think that's such an important message. And I have had the pleasure of doing a session with Atara. It literally supercharged my manifestation uh, process. So we will link all his things and how you can book in to see him if you would like to. I know that you don't need to be enrolled in To Be Magnetic to have a coaching session with you. Am I right with that? Yeah, you you definitely don't. I can give you tools outside of that. However, I do fully believe that this work is so transformative for everybody. And same. Like, yeah. I think there's a promotion that's running right now that it's only $18 a month if you sign up for the year, which is nothing. And you think of how so you... So worth it. Yeah. And I think the normal price is like $27. So it's still completely accessible. And it's the best $27 that you can spend if you, if you are feeling disenchanted in your life, if you feel like you don't know who you are, if you don't... If you feel stuck and you don't know how to get yourself out of it, if you are happy, but you want to be happier and you want to have a better lifestyle, right? If you want to mm-hmm. call in the partner who's going to see you completely as you are because you can see yourself completely as you are. Like this can mm. work for everybody. Mm, I totally agree. Okay. Can I rapid fire some listener questions at you? Totally. And 
these, these, I, I love the, you had so many questions. Everyone's like, ah, Tara. So, all right, guys, I know that I literally actually had 321 questions. So I have broken them down and I've actually woven quite a few into what we've been speaking about. So hopefully that was helpful. But our first question out, if you speak about your manifestations, can you please ask Atara if you're jinxing them? No, we just, I, I could say wholeheartedly as a brand, do not believe in superstition in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. The only way yeah. that you can jinx your manifestation and it's not even a jinx. It's like you're, if you don't believe that it's coming in your subconscious and you don't have that level of worth and deservingness around it, it's not coming. That's the only way that mm-hmm. you can push your manifestation away. And it's not even a way. It's just going to stay where it always was because we need to energetically unblock and do the work on us so that we're open enough to actually receive it. So yeah, so 100%. speak away. That being said, I do think sometimes just from a psychological perspective that when people, why are you speaking about your manifestation? That's the bigger question I would ask. Are you speaking about it because you want to feel validated and tell people like, oh, I'm so, I'm manifesting like crazy and right. And I'm manifesting this now. And because who cares, right? Like they'll Mm. see that you manifested it once it comes, right? One, I would say maybe the slippery slope with that and talking about things is that when you start putting information out there for people and they start pushing back and making you feel Mm. doubt about things, that could be a little bit unhealthy for you and your own relationship and alignment with yourself. Totally. Does that make sense? Brilliant answer. A hundred percent. Uh, Atara and Cassandra, what is the biggest thing you've ever manifested? Do you want to go first? Because I think I know what your answer is because you told me before we started this. <laughs> I would assume that's yeah. your biggest answer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely the most, like the physically biggest answer. Absolutely. So after um, I actually did one of Atara's awesome exercises that he was helping me out with, keeping in mind I have done the work for about a year, uh, I actually manifested a car, (laughs) which was just crazy. A relative, like a very, very, very distant relative ended up passing away who I think I'd literally spoken to once in my life and left me his car essentially um which was just out of this world and I I walked into my kitchen to get a coffee and my parents were ready to leave and I said where are you going and they said to pick up your car and I said have you been smoking crack like it was just insane (laughs) and then they rocked up with a car and it's mine it's so cute it's blue and very like 1950s and it's just funny because I love vintage cars so it's kind of like a little project for me um but I definitely had a string of tests and things pop up before that came through so I knew something was on the horizon I could feel it uh which you do start to just like tap into the the vibe of when and how things are coming in but that was my biggest manifestation what about you that is so amazing um, and I like that it's blue because then it's the color of my hair too. So that makes me feel extra, <laughs> makes me feel extra involved. <laughs> oh yeah, you're 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 you and that you in the car would be fantastic. <laughs> um, so a, a few things. So here's what I want to say because the thing that is the most important to me that I've manifested is a level of self worth that I never actually thought was possible because it's something that I did not have for so much of my life. 
I definitely had a protective ego that even though on the inside I was hurting and I was in so much pain and I did really care about everything that people said and everything that people thought. People on the outside couldn't tell that because I really had a, a brave face. But mm. now I just like, like no, nothing intimidates me. Honestly, like, mm. it doesn't matter who's sitting across from me. I always show up as the same person. And whether that was, like, literally Hillary Clinton sitting across from me or whether or whether <laughs> it was who I just love so much or if it was my mom, like, they're going to get the same person because I don't need a social mask anymore to show up. I'm fully happy mm. as I am, right? Um, I'd say it's as far as physical things, obviously, this opportunity um, – with To Be Magnetic has been amazing, something I didn't expect at all. Um, it also came yeah. during COVID, which was great because my partner was furloughed, so our finances were extremely hit. And this actually mm. put me in the position to be able to completely support us while having, <gasps> wow. yeah, while also having total flexibility in my schedule. So I, you know, I only work like three hours a day or four hours a day. And um, I have the rest of my day to do all of my music. And so it's that's been a great gift. I also manifested like a mental health and wellness festival that I played this summer. Our house that we live in, which is like a two-story townhouse with all exposed beams and hardwood floors and private garage. And it's just, it's beautiful. And it's we're paying the same amount of money as like a tiny one-bedroom apartment is on our street. So that was a pretty crazy manifestation also. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. so, so cool. Uh, okay. So this was like 70 questions and they just made me laugh. And I just think you guys are so cute, but they said, I'll, I'll read one of them was dear Atara, how can I manifest a specific person back? I really, really miss my ex. And I'm wondering if it's possible to manifest him back or manifest a specific text. Um, okay. So I hate to be the bearer. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, <laughs> but you can't manifest people to, but this isn't magic, mm. right? You, no. so e even with manifestation, you can't manifest like a unique item, right? So mm. you can't be like, I want the hope diamond, right? That there's like one specific, but you can say, I want a diamond that looks like this, that's blue, that's blah, 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 that's this many carrots, right? You can say, I want a yeah. partner who has all of these uh, attributes that my ex has. What I would say to look further at though, is why, why do you want to go back to a situation that already ended, right? Because if something mm. ended, we tend to, um, kind of rewrite what our relationship actually was. We either make it worse mm. or we make it better, right? So that's already passed. So instead of manifesting a relationship that didn't work out, I would actually make a list of all the attributes that you liked about that person. And then also the stuff that he didn't have that you feel deserving of so that you can call in an even better partner. Totally. Yeah, I actually did try manifest a specific text right at the start of this work. And I really wanted it from this one boy. I like loved him so much. He's so cute. He's so tall. And <laughs> I got I got that exact text from the boy that I didn't want to text me word for word. Yeah. And it was, I swear to God, it was the universe just being like, bitch, you thought. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like the guy who I was obsessed with was just like toxic on toxic. And I, I was just like, okay, 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 angels, you've got my back. I love you. Totally. But um, yeah, no, you summarized that perfectly. Um, <laughs> that's pretty I absolutely funny. love that. And, and that's literally how it happens. Like that's literally yeah. when you start doing this and stuff comes in, you're like, oh, come on. But it makes you look at yourself and be like, yeah, this, is, this wasn't a good yeah. idea to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I on one of my recent manifestation lists, I wrote a kitten with blue eyes, and it was about six months ago. And the other day, my friend's mum, who doesn't speak a lot of English, she came up to me and she handed me a little, uh, like a little trinket, and it was this beautiful grey kitten with blue eyes. And I was like, well, next time I'm going to write alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write kitten that is breathing yeah. with blue eyes. <laughs> yes. yes, you have to maybe be a little more specific. I love. I say that sometimes when people call things in and it's like so close and I'm like maybe I want to be a little bit more specific on what it actually is yep (laughs) yeah totally I know it's like the universe has a sense of humor um okay to ask you I'm conscious of time so just like one last question so don't don't I mean I don't you know obviously no one wants to listen to a four-hour podcast but I'm 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 good (laughs) okay great 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 um thank you one thing that I really wanted to ask you about was manifesting for creatives um I know that you yourself as a creative will feel this deeply because it can feel quite uh just just you can feel like a little bit hopeless sometimes in your creative pursuit of getting art off the ground and trying to manifest that kind of thing what's a tip you'd have for creatives for consistency and inspiration for them I absolutely love this um because it is, it's creativity is one thing, but having security and happiness within a creative field can sometimes feel like the most elusive thing, right? No matter mm. what we do, we can't figure out how to make things go forward, right? Or we try to control things that are out of our control. And then in turn, what happens is we look back at ourselves and we take the situation, right? And Mm. we start taking accountability for things that we shouldn't be taking accountability for, right? Like we don't get to decide when our career is going to take off when we're in a creative field. We don't get to decide who the person's going to be who unlocks the door, right? We don't get to decide Mm. like how it looks like, how things are going to be perceived, how things are going to be received, period, if at all, right? All of that stuff is Mm. out of our hands and we spend so much of our energy trying to control those elements, right? And Mm. that's where most creative people put their energy is the complaining about, and like, listen, I did it for years. So like, I'm saying this because like, that was me. And we spend so much time talking about what's wrong. We surround ourselves with other creatives who feel disenchanted where we sit around and say, Oh, can you believe this person's not even talented? Oh, look at this person. This person's this, right. Just all very, right. Lots of projection and, and trigger and comparison and then triggering ourselves through doing that. Right. And then what happens Mm. from there is we start changing who we are to fit into what we think that mold is that's going to make us successful. And as soon as mm-hmm. we start doing that, it's over, right? And because that, yeah. that's the first step on the slippery slope, and then it's just all downhill from there. And I know that personally because with my music, 
Interestingly enough, the album that I made for Atlantic Records that never came out um, was all about mental health and our relationship to ourself and growing through that. And it was all like string section, piano, big beats, lots of vocals. And um, I was told by the president of the label, like, what is the single? And I was like, it's this song. And he was like, that can't be a single. That song's about killing yourself. And I was like, it's not about killing yourself. It's a song that is telling people that there is another option for them. Right. Yeah. And, um, and obviously they didn't care, but at the time, um, (laughs) but you know, that was, that was in 2006, right? Nobody was talking about mental health then, but that, but I was, and it was really important to me because I'd been through so many things. And then for the next, you know, 15 years of my career, I tried to write, oh, well, Lady Gaga is popular now, so I need to have, like, synths, or this is popular now, so I need to have 808 to my music, or this is popular now, so I have to this, or now it's the, right? And uh, and you start... The trends. Yeah, and you start chasing the trends. And what's so crazy is I completely lost myself. And mm. in the process of doing all this work, I've completely reconnected literally the way that I dress, the songs I'm writing, the production, the themes... I'm back in that spot, which is who I actually was before I, like, I felt defeated, right? Mm. But I have such a better story to tell because I had to get myself out of that. And so that's my advice for creatives is remember what your story is and remember what your gift is and honor that completely and do not compromise it for anybody because that is where the magic is. And you're yes, you're not going to be able to control how it happens or when it happens. But if you put yourself into it and you can open up and share that piece of yourself, the people who need to connect with it will. And that's all that you can do. So that would be my advice. Wow, that is so powerful. And I just related to what you said intrinsically. I mean, especially with poetry, there's this whole notion of, the Instagram poet and posting things that are going to get the reaction and the likes. And I completely got swooped up in writing things that were easily digestible for the online world and changing my style depending on who was a bestseller at the time. You know, who were these poets or these people who, you know, were making the money and making the bestsellers and how do I just mold myself to take on their style and losing my authentic vibe and my own thing, which is what got me into it in the first place. Definitely. And as you kind of touched on this, this story of the tortured artist, which I totally had as well, you know, you can never make money as a writer. You'll never make money as a writer. That's all I heard growing up. It was, you know, I went to school and it was become a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. It was not, well, become a poet about mental health and your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And... And just shaking that conditioning off and feeling confident that it didn't actually matter who liked my stuff because I liked my stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I liked my stuff, other people liked my stuff. You know what I mean? So I love, 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 love what you just said. Um, For people who are doing this work, one thing that came up for me a lot uh, that I've talked about this with you briefly. I'd love to just touch on this with you on the pod, but... I noticed people showing up really differently in my life. I think with manifestation, we think it's going to be all about a car popping up or a record deal or whatever it is. But some of the biggest manifestations are actually how my relationships have changed. 
uh, how, what advice would you give to people going through that who are noticing that they feel different from their friends or their friend group changing or relationships changing or things just no longer fitting as they grow and expand and realize that some of this past patterning behavior that they have mm-hmm. could have been showing up as people or friends and how to like navigate that. It not only could have been showing up 100% showed up as those things, right? So I was trying to be nice. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, everyone's got to go. <laughs> yeah, so this is... Uh, I'm going to give you a few examples. I'm going to give you a very successful um, example, and I'm going to give you, like, an example that was kind of a hard decision but ended up being extremely successful and how it played out, okay? So first mm-hmm. and foremost, and I kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning because with my mom, right? My mom is so funny. She's such a character. She's so strong. And she just like kind of does not give a fuck about anything, right? Like she, when she Mm. wants something, like she expects that and expects it to happen. And like, it could be the most minor thing on the face of the earth, right? And she's, she makes it happen, right? Mm. And she when she would call me because I'm the middle child in my family, I was always involved in every single thing, right? My sister was older. She kind of like stepped back a little bit out of the house. My little brother was the baby and he was my stepdad's son. So he got like all of the positive attention from him and like could do no wrong. And I was kind of always in the middle trying to like figure out what my space was. And the way that that showed up in my house was just kind of being whatever anybody needed me to be. So if my sister wouldn't do her chores, I would do them for her so she wouldn't get in trouble, right? And Mm. like just trying to keep things smooth, smooth, right? So through acts of service, that's the way that I showed up, right? So what Mm. tends to happen when we're that kind of a person is then as we grow up, that's what we, like you're saying with your partner that you called in, right? Because you were expecting something from your dad and that's what Mm. you, that's how you associate love, right? Like you have to be in that place where you're supporting them and you are second. And that's what love was defined as for you. Right. So for me, what love was defined as was I need to do something for people in order for them to love me. Right. Because, and and obviously like, I don't want to sound very dramatic about this because like doing something was like the dishes or the garbage or all the chores or whatever, or like not speaking up or just Mm. being good. If like someone was being mouthy in the house, I would be like the perfect child so that my mom didn't have to deal with things. Right. But when we're kids, Mm. we think in absolutes. So literally whether even as an adult now we know like, Oh, well I did this, but like I'm over it. But still when we were developing and our brain was developing, we were believing that narrative in our head and that is still inside of us, right? And it's so important to acknowledge that and understand how it plays a role in our adult lives, right? So fast Mm. forward. So most of my friendships, like I would say like I was the person, now I I don't even use this term because I just find it codependent, but um, I was everybody's best friend. Like if you would have asked every single person I was friends with, they would say I was their best friend, But I would argue now in retrospect that the majority of these people knew nothing about me, right? Mm. Does that make sense? I was there for them. I was their 
They needed to move. I helped them move. They needed to paint. I helped them paint. They had a problem. I was their therapist. They needed a ride somewhere. I was their taxi driver. Right. So, um, but it was never really returned because that's where I received my validation. So I was so hungry for that. Right. And so when Mm -hmm. I started doing this work, I noticed a lot of my relationships modeled my, my relationship with my mom, right. Where I wanted to do things to be seen constantly and, I noticed all of my friendships, even as an adult, were doing that, where I would listen to whatever someone had to say, listen to their whole story for 45 minutes, and not get one word in edgewise. And then they wouldn't ask me one thing about myself. Or if I went to go, or if they did, and I went to go share something, they would then be like, oh, sorry, hold on, let me check my phone. Then they come back and be like, anyway, so I was right, and they would change the subject. So I... I started noticing that and I did a lot of reprogramming around it and where I allowed myself to be heard when I was a kid and all these things. And I started just like not caring. Right. And when this would happen with people, I would either like with my mom, for example, I realized I kept trying to interject in the conversation to get her to ask something, but then I would be disappointed because that's not what she was calling for. Like my mom was calling me to vent about something, right? Because that's what we always did. Mm. So I stopped doing that. Right. And then one day she called me, like I did it for like two weeks. And then I got this phone call. It was my mom. And she's like, hi, honey. Like, I'm just calling because I don't know what's like going on with you. How are you? How's Gavin? How's work? How's this? And I was like, oh my God, like what just happened? Right? Because it was this huge shift. And our relationship has been so different ever since. We never had a conversation about it, right? I just stopped showing up from this place of lack and trying to receive something. And then it made her realize, oh, I don't know what's going on with him. So then she felt the need to call me, right? And then, so, Mm. so that's a positive example. And then in my friendships... I did that in my friendships with some friends, like friends that I really love that I've been friends with since I was seven years old, but they were keeping me in a space and I didn't want to be in that space. And when I tried to just silently remove myself from it, they didn't respect it. And I had to stop being friends with them. Right. And it was difficult, but I had to. Right. And then another example would be because, and I know this seems like a long winded answer, but it's so important because there is this moment that it can feel a little bit lonely when you start personal development, right? Because you realize you're keeping people around that you don't really even like that much or care about, or people who don't like you that much or care about you that you're receiving some kind of validation from. And when we do that, those people hold up so much like energetic real estate and bandwidth that it's stopping us from actually aligning with the people that, we do want to connect with who are like-minded, right? So, yeah. so just another, just quick example, and then I'll, I'll move on from this, but I, love I had another friend and this was like, this was pretty recent during COVID who I love, like still, I could say I love so much. We had such a good time. She was a very good friend to me in so many ways, but a situation happened that was pretty superficial between her and my partner just disagreeing during a conversation and I was made a part of it by her completely icing me out. Um, even after they made up because people, when you're with it, when you've been in a long-term relationship, always try to be like, well, no, no, no. Well, you guys are one person and I'm never one person with someone else. I'm always my own person. No. My, my partner is oh. their own person. Right. But people, yeah. but that's the way that she tried to paint this. And I spoke up one day, just I like, gave her a space to kind of see what was happening. And then 
they kept asking me for favors, like post this on your Instagram or do this or this, donate for this or do this. And so finally I was like, a hi, how are you would be nice. And mm. it turned into this huge thing. I'm a good person. I'm a good friend. I'm like, uh, just all of her shadow came out. And I was like, I didn't mm. say you weren't a good person. I didn't say you weren't a good friend. I said, and cause I did, I said through voice note, I'm noticing a pattern in our friendship that whenever you have an issue with Gavin, I'm being pulled into it and it doesn't feel good. And it hurt my feelings. Right. I didn't ask her Mm. for an apology. I didn't ask her for anything. I just let her know how I was feeling and she couldn't even receive it. So, and this is someone I was very close with. Right. And still like if God forbid something happened and she needed anything, I would be there for her in a heartbeat, but just in my life, I just said like, I think we're done here with this conversation because you can't even hear me and you're being so defensive, but I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just letting you know how I felt and you can't even give me the space to express that. Right. So Mm. yeah. And then it's interesting because that friendship ended and then I called in this whole other group of friends, literally six people. Right. And the first time we sat down at dinner together, they're like, so what are you manifesting? And I'm like, oh my God, these are my people. (laughs) Right. Because that's, that's literally how it happens. And sometimes you have to get through that discomfort because getting through that temporary discomfort opens up a world of opportunities. Right. And the other choice is Mm. remaining in that discomfort that you've lived in forever because it's familiar. And then just accepting that this is what your life is going to be like forever. Right. So there's always a choice. A hundred percent. I absolutely love that. And I just totally agree that there is that moment of kind of loneliness when you are deep diving into this. It's one thing that I really felt one of my first like big tests was uh, a frenemy, if you will, from the past came back. And I remember just looking at the message and her trying to get super close to me again. And I was just like, I've got to communicate something that I should have communicated six years ago. Mm-hmm. And the second I did and I completely cut her out, I had like this random $2,000 payment come through. I had an order that I placed for crystals. The seller contacted me and said, hi, I'd like to gift you the crystals. I'm refunding you the money. I'm not sure why I feel like I want to do this, but I do. Just like things randomly flow, like just went into flow. Um, but you do have that moment of hang on, that person isn't aligning and it's having love and having respect for them. But as you were touching on, like communication is absolutely key. Definitely. Uh, And I think also just to like piggyback on that is when we shrink ourselves for other people and we excuse behavior that we know is not okay, Mm. we're not only preventing ourselves from growing, but we're preventing those people from growing as well. And we're doing a disservice on both ends. And so even though it's uncomfortable, it's really the right thing to do if you genuinely care about people, even if they hate you afterward, because they will have a moment where they're going to look back, hopefully, anyone who's like half self-aware will, and realize Mm. that you were a good friend to them, right? And part sometimes being a good friend is going into a territory that's slightly uncomfortable for the benefit of both people. Oh, so important. So, so, so important. I could speak to you for the whole entire day. Um, (laughs) Tara, tell us, do you want to like plug anything? Like what can we expect from you coming up? I know you've got some really exciting stuff you're working on that you probably don't want to talk about, but 
uh, wh- where can we find you? Yes. Yeah, so, so many things are coming up. Um, obviously I just got a download for a book, but that's like, that journey <gasps> is just starting. But if anyone's listening mm-hmm. and wants to give me a publishing deal, then I'm just right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, we'll take two of those, yeah. please. <laughs> His and hers, please. Um, <laughs> But so that I have a new single that's going to be coming out that's talking about toxic (gasps) masculinity um, that I'm really excited about called Better Man that I'm just mixing right now. I have a single called Modern Love that is all about um, how technology, which is something that is connecting us more than ever, is making us feel more isolated and alone than ever. That's on Spotify. So yeah, if you want to follow me at Batara Valentine on Instagram, if you follow me on Spotify, that's even better. If you listen to Modern Love on repeat, that's even better. Every play helps. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's it. And if you want to book a session, you could do that also. And please, and not because I get nothing from this. It's not like I get a commission off of people who sign up for it to be magnetic. But for anyone who's mm. listening and who this piqued their interest, if you are looking mm. for a sign for something that to give you the opportunity to make your life better, this is it. And just please do yourself a favor and sign up because it is a game changer. Couldn't agree more. And I can totally testify to that after a year and just my whole life shifting. We wouldn't even be here right now if I hadn't done it. So I totally back that. And Atara, you are just so cool. I think you're the absolute coolest. The second I listened to that podcast episode you did, which is so funny you mentioned it, that's actually how I found you. I was just like, he's my spirit animal. I love him. Oh. And I, it's just been an absolute honor and very full circle for me to have you on the podcast because I have just been such a fan for such a long time. So thank you very much for taking the time out of your day and the things you said are so expansive and refreshing and new. And I know there's a whole bunch of people who will have learned so much from you. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. And thank you for having me and for everyone who's listening. And who knows, maybe we'll do it again sometime. I know, I hope so. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I will see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.